this is how gold on the way else is going Welcome to Bible Talk Today. My name's David and I'll be sharing with you this morning. I'd like to start by asking you a question, actually, and I know it'll be rhetorical because you're watching this in your homes or wherever you are, but I want to ask you, what are you confident doing and why are you confident in that thing? Whether that's cooking, whether that's speaking to people, whether that's a sport you've played for a long time, and why are you confident in that? Whether is it practice? Is it because someone's told you you're confident in that, or is it that you feel called to do that thing? You see, I want you to think about that because this morning I'd like to share with you about confidence. Now, this is on my mind because I was praying for someone recently uh, that they would have confidence, confident. Confidence, there we go, get my words out. Confidence in the decision they were making at that time. And I've been pondering on a verse that I was praying over them at the time, and it's really been challenging me on kind of where my confidence comes from and what do I have confidence in. You see, there's there's some things that I'm good at and some things that I'm not. And when I'm good at something, if I have confidence in it, I, I like everyone to know that I'm good at that thing, that I, I thrive in that area. And Often, if I'm honest, it leads to pride. And equally, on the other side of the coin, when I'm not good at something, when something challenges me, I'm very quick to lose my confidence. But when I was thinking about this and looking at the life of Jesus, I don't see that same fluctuation like I have. Not a massive confidence here and no confidence at all in this area. It seems to waver in my life, but I don't see that in the life of Jesus. And it got me thinking, where does Jesus' confidence come from? What does he say about that? How does it affect his life? Where does his confidence come from? And can I have some of it? And I think we can have some of that confidence. I think Jesus' confidence came from the Father. I think it came from what that relationship brought to him and in the help of the Spirit. And I'm going to read a verse to you now from 1 John 5 that sets the scene for what I'm going to share about today. And I know that's not what Jesus said necessarily, but we will flip back to the Gospels and Acts to see what he said, what he did, how that affected him, and how that affected the lives of the people around him. So, I'm going to turn to 1 John 5 now. I'm sorry, it's not a real Bible for those of you who have their hard copies with them, but let me start at verse 4. Here it is. For whatever is born of God conquers the world, and this is the victory that conquers the world, our faith. Who is it that conquers the world but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? This is the one who came, by water and by blood, Jesus Christ, not with water only, but with water and the blood. And the Spirit is the one that testifies, for the Spirit is truth. There are three that testify, the Spirit, the water and the blood, and these three agree. Now I want to take some time to unpack 
all of these individually and how they affected Jesus' life, how he interacted with those things and what they mean for our lives and how we can base our confidence on these same things and we will have confidence in all of our situations. So let me start by looking at the water and when it means the water in this passage, I think it's referring to water baptism, that when we are baptised, when we believe we're baptised in water, or we could do that here at the Oaks, and this is something that happened to Jesus in his life. He did this, and if we turn to, I think it's in, yeah, Matthew, Matthew 3, we see this. Jesus goes down to Lake Galilee, and he heads down to the water, and there's someone there called John the Baptist, and he is sharing, he's uh, talking about this Messiah that is coming, and he sees Jesus, and says, this is the man, this is who's going to come and save us. And John's been baptising people in water for a while, and Jesus comes to him and says, I want to be baptised by you. And now John's confused and they have this long dialogue on why John thinks he's not qualified to baptise Jesus and it should be Jesus baptising him, but eventually John agrees to baptise him. And as Jesus comes out of the water from his baptism, the voice of God breaks through from the heavens and all of a sudden you hear this booming voice. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. An affirmation from the Father, publicly declaring his pleasure and his delight in Jesus. And I think that is the bedrock of our confidence or Jesus's confidence and where we can find our confidence. You see, this happens at a stage in Jesus's life where he hasn't achieved much yet. This isn't someone with a mass following. This isn't someone who's um, performing miracles left, right and centre, healing people and teaching about God. That comes later. This is the start of his ministry before all of these things, before he's done anything. He goes and gets baptised, and the foundation of his ministry, where he's built up to go out and do these things, is the affirmation of the Father, speaking delight over him. And I think that's where we can find our confidence, because God doesn't just say this about Jesus. He's very clear that this is about all of us. He affirms all of us. He loves and delights in all of us. It's not about our actions. It's not about what we do. It's not about what we're good at or bad at. At the core of who we are, God is calling us and saying, you are amazing. You are loved. I delight in you and want to know you. You are amazing. Have confidence in who you are. This is where our confidence should be rooted and founded in. What Jesus and what the Father say about us they know us better than we even know ourselves. They know our good days and bad days, our hard things, the things we're struggling with and the things we thrive at and do without even thinking about. And they think we are amazing. God thinks you are amazing. Have confidence in the fact that God delights in you, that he affirms who you are and what you can do. He loves you. It's the bedrock which is his confidence and what should be ours. Secondly, the blood. Now, when the, what the verse is referring to here is what Jesus achieved on the cross. Now, it's hard to um, apply that to Jesus' life and how he did that, but let me explain where I'm heading with this. You see, what Jesus achieved on the cross, or a very, very short version for a 10-minute talk, is 
that Jesus released us from the wrongdoings that we'd done. He released us from the consequences of our sins. He released us from the consequences of the bad decisions and choices we make. And secondly, he removed the blockage between us and God. He created an open relationship where we can get to know God for our own and have our own intimate relationship with him. That's what it's referring to here in this passage by the blood. Now you see, Jesus never had those issues. That's why he could die for us on the cross. He never sinned. He never had that baggage, the, the guilt and the consequence of sin on him. And equally, he had a fantastic relationship with the Father. They had an intimate relationship together. And you see, that is a massive part of confidence. And what Jesus achieved for us on the cross allows us to have that confidence. You see, if you look at the root word for confidence, it splits into two, so con and fident, or confidant, or confidence, or trust. The root word in all of that comes from the same thing, sort of confidence, conf confidant, someone you trust in a relationship with. So confidence is all related to that root word around trust. But it's not just a, a root word meaning trust alone, but it's a trust in someone. It's a con together and fidant for trust um, blends the two together. I don't know if I explained that well, but this root word is all about a trust that you have with someone together. Confidence is something that you don't do in isolation. It comes from being in relationship. Jesus' confidence was founded in what the Father said about him, but it was built up by what God uh, what the relationship they had with each other, what God was constantly saying to him, that intimate, deep relationship with each other. And what Jesus did on the cross, what the blood is referring to in this passage, is that we can now have that relationship with God, that regular, intimate conversation of what the Father is saying to us, what he has achieved for us, that we can have the freedom to act confidently because we don't have the baggage of our old decisions, the sin that was on us, or the things that may weigh us down, or what other people might say about us. We don't have to carry that baggage. The cross achieved freedom for us so that we can go forward, to go forward in freedom and do what Jesus was doing. The cross achieved freedom for us, and it's that freedom that gives us confidence and builds us up to be able to go and do the things that Jesus did and have confidence in all we do, whether that's at work, in our school, whether that's in our family life, in the things that we find challenging in our everyday life. We should have confidence in all of those areas. It should overflow out of us because of that relationship we have with God that was bought for us by Jesus and his blood on the cross. So our confidence is founded in what the Father says to us, but it's built up by what Jesus achieved for us and the freedom that was given to us by God, by what Jesus did. And the final thing this passage talks about is the Spirit. Now it's hard to know Jesus without the Spirit because he was never without it. He was always had an intimate relationship with the Spirit. They were always communing together in that intimate relationship of the Trinity, the, the Father, the Son and the Spirit, all together, constantly in relationship together. So to look at the impact of the Spirit in Jesus' life is quite difficult because he's constantly with it. But if we look at Acts and the first disciples to be really blessed and filled with the Spirit, you see a significant change in their lives. Take Peter, for example. 
on Pentecost when they're in the upper room meeting together, they're praying and the Spirit comes and fills them and it floods out into the streets and impacts the whole community around them that they're celebrating, the festival that they're in and speaking in different tongues and languages and it's chaotic everywhere and people are confused about what's happening and calling them drunkards and who stands up to speak boldly and raise their voice over the crowd? Peter? The, the same Peter that weeks before denied Jesus three times? The, the same Peter who acts boldly and responds out of fear when Jesus is taken and tries to kill one of the soldiers and cuts off one of his ears? That Peter? The one that Jesus affirms and then turns around and says, get behind me Satan? That Peter? The one who doesn't quite know where he fits into this whole equation? Where does his confidence come from all of a sudden to speak out to a crowd with clarity and wisdom leading many to Jesus? Well, what happens between now and then? Then and now, the Pentecost. The Spirit. The Spirit fills him. He encounters Jesus, he has teaching from him, and when they're praying together, the Spirit fills him. And all of a sudden, this confidence rises up within him. And you know, Peter wasn't timid, he was a bold character. He, he tried his best, but often his confidence was a response to fear and emotion. It didn't come from a, space of, a place of security in who he was and a confidence that the Spirit gave him. But all of a sudden on Pentecost, when the Spirit filled him and he knew what God was calling him to do, what God spoke over him, he had this newfound authority and confidence and boldness to address crowds of people. And I think that's part of where Jesus' confidence came from, that he was constantly listening to the Spirit. The, confidence, the Spirit was continually cheering him on and building up confidence within him. I like to think of the, the Spirit, or the Spirit is referred to in Scripture as a, a helper, or I like to call it a cheerleader almost within us. Something that bubbles up like, come on, you can do this. Keep going, pushing us forward. I think that was a massive factor in Jesus' confidence. His confidence came from the affirmation of the Father. That was the foundation of who he was and the foundation of his confidence. It was built up by the regular, continual conversation with him and God. Trust, can, uh, confidence cannot be done in isolation. Its root is in trust. And the Spirit grows the confidence, keeps it on fire, keeps it flourishing, continually calls for more and more and more. It pushes us forward as a helper should, a cheerleader, pushing us forward, calling out for more, pushing us to do go further and have more confidence in who we are. And it's that idea of testifying that I really get that imagery from. If you look at Romans, it's the spirit that testifies within us that we've been adopted. We can recall God, Abba Father, and he calls us sons and daughters. It's the spirit that speaks up and reminds us of all of these amazing truths so that we can have confidence. The spirit speaks on our behalf, it bubbles up. So that's what I want to land with this morning, that you know, we have the spirit within us that gives us confidence, that our confidence should be founded, the bedrock of our faith, our confidence, our identity should be on what the Father says about us. It should be built up continually by deep relationship 
that what Jesus achieved for us at the cross, that freedom that we have, should be building us up and giving us confidence to go to God, and that then turns into confidence in our lives. And it's the Spirit that continually cheers us on, continually pushes us forward, continually calls us to do more and better out of a place not of earning confidence or earning identity or earning God's love, but because of his love, because of what he's affirmed in us, because of what he's called us to do, because of his love, it's pushing us forward to do more, to be more confident in who we are and step out in boldness. So that's what I have to share with you this morning, what I've been pondering and the challenge that I have on my life. Look, where does my confidence come from and how do I act more confidently? And I think these three questions as I close might help us reflect on that. So let me leave you with these three questions to ponder, whether that's in your belonging group, whether that's in your home, chatting to your family, whether that's, you know, you've never been to church before and you're just working these things out. Come down to our church, whether that's in Oaks Community Church, Drumfield or the Lighthouse, to the groups who are on Restore, uh, Book Exchange, or just chat to one of us, get in touch through our social media, any of that. You could chat to any of us about this. But I want to leave you with these three questions to think about. Number one, what does God speak over you? Have you actually asked him what he speaks over you? That's the foundation, that's where we start, that's where we see Jesus starting his ministry. What is the Father speaking over you? Number two, does your confidence come from trusting God or relying on your own strength? Oh, that's a challenging one. It's really hard. Is it what Jesus achieved for you that gives you confidence? Or is it what you do in your own strength that gives you confidence? And finally, what truth is the Holy Spirit reminding of you, reminding you of this week? What is the Spirit bubbling up and trying to persuade you of? What is it spurring you on to do? Or what is it spurring on to say for you? Because the Spirit testifies on our behalf of who we are and what we do. Spend some time reflecting on these questions this week because I think it will really challenge you to look at where your confidence comes from and how you can be more confident in who you are because I think that's so important to us. I'll leave it there, but thank you so much for listening this week and I'll see you guys very, very soon. If I don't see you, have a great time wherever you are.